Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Corey Dunnigan, the camera coach, and welcome to Full Frame. I'm looking to talk about everything photography, camera gear, photo tips, techniques, editing, even the business side of things. Really, we're just wanting to talk and geek out a little bit about cameras and that sort of thing. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Corey Dunnigan here with another episode of Full Frame with Corey. Thanks for joining in this time. Uh, so we are going to take a little bit of a break from all the interviews and such. Uh, I've had a good string of those with the um, uh, the day in the life. And so we're going to kind of take a step back from that real quick and and just talk a little bit more about just some photography, some workflow, some things that, that can help help us all improve. I was going to say help, help uh, new photographers, that sort of thing. But really, this is something that, um, that I really try to key in on. Because most things in photography are, are things that we can all improve on. And so that's one of the things about an art form, right? Is that you're never really fully arrived. So uh, so anyways, that's my little trailer, if you will. Uh, but we're going to get started first off uh, with a little bit of information about uh, myself and Camera Coach. Just for those that have been listening, uh, you may already know this. But for those ha- who are just joining, this is episode about 12 or 13, somewhere in there. and uh, And so just for those that really don't have a lot of a background, right? So um, again, my name is Corey Dunnigan. I am a freelance photographer and a photography teacher. Uh, I'm located in Central Texas, Waco to be specific. And um, and I provo- provide uh, portraits, sports, product, and event photography, uh, mostly just in the Waco area and that sort of thing. Uh, but I also provide photography workshops and classes uh, through a new studio that we've actually uh, built up here in location uh, on um, uh, in Waco. And so it's actually next door to the studio I'm in. It's kind of cool. I'm getting a chance to sit in what they usually use to record the video podcast. And so uh, running that, just kind of a different look, a different feel. Uh, and so, so yeah, so that's something that I do. I'm a photographer. I'm a teacher, a classroom teacher. Uh, got 15 years of experience there. So doing middle school science for 10 years and then five years of actually teaching photography at the high school level. So uh, there you go. Uh, that is a little bit about myself. Uh, my business is called Camera Coach because I take pictures and I help people learn about taking pictures. So Camera Coach, uh-huh, right? Uh, and, uh, and so the website is photocameracoach.com. So if you're looking for information about the, the business or workshops and that sort of thing, you can find a lot of information there. Um, and we'll get into stuff about social media kind of towards the end here. So just a little bit about uh, myself and kind of what, what I'm doing. Um, I want to take a few moments just to kind of uh, give a few quick shout outs and uh, and just say thanks to the supporters and those that have helped us get here. Uh, just checked not too long ago and recently passed the 150 download mark. So for some that may not sound like a lot, but it's amazing because I would say just a few months ago, I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast. So uh, so yeah, that's pretty neat. And, uh, and so some quick shout outs. First of all, Rogue Media Network, uh, specifically Allison and Mike, uh, those who are usually behind the scenes kind of making this thing sound 
sound well, sound good, and uh, and get uh, get published and get it out there so people can can listen. So I uh, really appreciate their work. Um, also, my Patreon supporters uh, that would be Mandy, Kenan, Lashonda, and Corey. Uh, they have been supporting me for for quite a while now, and so before the podcast even began. Uh, so really, really appreciate you guys just kind of supporting the work. Uh, and today's topic, today's topic is going to be really more of a question. Uh, we're not going to really go into something technical, uh, but for those that are uh, familiar with photography and know what type of fields you like to do, uh, this is just going to be a little bit of a venture into something different. So um, I specifically started off in sports photography. So I was a coach at Midway Middle School uh, just outside of Waco and uh, picked up my first camera after talking to the guy that did our team pictures. Uh, shout out to Willie Gomez. He's still doing his thing. And um, and so from there, I'm self-taught. I just kind of tinkered with stuff. and But I started off in, in sports photography. And so what I want to do is key in on that sp- specific field of sports photography. And uh, if you're just kind of developing as a photographer, I want to help you tackle the question of, well, is sports photography for you? Right. And so in, in that process of defining yourself, your craft, your your concentration, if you will, uh, because a lot of people assume that a photographer does everything and that's cool and all. But really, when you get into those that that really hone their craft and they're they're doing things at a very high level, um, then they're specializing. Right. So maybe they're specializing in portraits. Uh, maybe if it's in, even more so, it's just headshots um, or it's just family photos. Right. That sort of thing. So they kind of go on this journey, they learn, they learn, they learn, maybe they're doing multiple things. And then a certain area just kind of takes shape and and builds and builds and that becomes kind of their concentration. And so I want to talk a little bit about sports photography because I feel it's really, really interesting. Um, And it's not nearly as easy as anybody thinks it is. And so I just want to kind of speak to that just a little bit. So so what do you need to know about sports photography, right? Um, I would say sports photography is number one, very hard work. Okay. And maybe one of the hardest fields in photography, um, out of, uh, I would say actually maybe behind weddings. Weddings are, are very, very difficult. There are a lot of different aspects, a lot of things you have to be able to handle. Um, and, and they're just, they're just an animal all, all of themselves. Right. So I would say weddings in my opinion are probably the hardest type of photography ever. Um, just short of that, just under that, I would say sports photography is is one that is very, very challenging. It's fun for some, but it's very, very challenging. And so here's some advice I would give um, to maybe advanced photography students or those that are, um, say, photo enthusiasts, just kind of tinkering and want to see what it's like and, and go out to maybe a little league game for their kid or something like that. Um, and so some, some recommendations. Um, one recommendation here know your lenses. Um, it's great to just play around and tinker with things, but if you really want to start diving into um, the quality action shots, the quality sports photography side of things, uh, you've got to know your equipment. And so I just said lenses, but you know, if you don't know your camera body and you're shooting an automatic or that little sports mode that they have, um, yeah, you've got a ways to go. Okay. And it's not, not a bad thing that you're using it um, because Y'all have to start somewhere, you know, but if you're really wanting to to learn it, uh, then you've got to get out of that automatic mode and get into manual and learn the camera settings, learn what the different lenses do, those sort of things. So you can actually start to visualize your shots before you take them. 
right? And that kind of thing and, and know what to expect, what you can do and what you can't do. Know your limits. Um, and you won't know those limits until you know your equipment. Uh, so along with knowing things, uh, my second thing on here, these aren't in really any specific order, but I think lenses and equipment definitely up there, right? So know your sport. So another one is know exactly what you're getting into, right? If you're going to a basketball game and you don't care for basketball or you know nothing about it, um, then you've got some learning to do just on that end before you even talk about taking pictures of that game. Um, because there are certain nuances to every game, every sport uh, that you're going to run into. And if you can understand those things, you can see those things ahead of time. Oh, where they're shooting a free throw, right? Well, if you have no idea what a free throw is, then you don't really have a concept of what you're trying to do. Are you trying to get the guy who's going to maybe box out to try to get a rebound if they miss? Or do you need a shot of the guy that's shooting? Is he right-handed? Is he left-handed? How does that affect your photo? You know, all those sort of things. Understanding your sport um, is, is very, very key. And, uh, and so I'm going to move through these relatively quickly. I might circle back a little bit. Um, but ultimately, I just, I just want to kind of dive into this because I love sports photography. And, uh, and so a lot of my students uh, that I taught, especially the last year at Wake Ohio, we did some practice with action photography. And a lot of them found it interesting. Some of them liked it. Some of them didn't. But for a lot of them, there are those aha moments of like, man, this is, this is work, right? And so, um, so yeah, so that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm just kind of reminiscing, I guess, maybe on some old, old stuff that, that, um, that happened last year, some things that the students and I did. And, and so these are just recommendations here. So we went through two. Here's my third one. Um, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adjust on the fly. And that means your camera settings, um, you know, your different angles, different things like that. The referee might want to stand right in front of you, right in your, your, your line of sight, right? Because you have the angle that you want and then they're standing right there, right? You can't do anything about a referee like taking a stance somewhere. Like that's, that's their thing, right? And so you're just kind of the fly on the wall. You're going to have to move. So what are some other angles, right? Um, you know, so-and-so is, um, you know, going for a layup right? And they're coming towards you. Well, do you keep taking pictures or do you need to get out of the way, right? So you, you've got to be like adjusting all the time, just kind of watching what's going on around you. Um, and then, well, does this angle actually backlight them or does this give them front light or is the light even? What's going on here and there? You know, so my better shots are going to be if, if the light's in front. And so I want to get them coming to me. Like you just have to really, really, really adjust on the fly and keep going. Uh, and so, so that one right there is just one of those where you just kind of have to go through it a little bit and, and just every game's a different experience. So, uh, so you just really have to be able to adjust and, uh, and don't get upset. You a shot, you miss a shot, something like that. You just got to move on. Okay. Uh, and then, so that was three, four, number four, invest in a backup. And what I mean by that is a backup camera body. Okay. And so if you watch any sport that's televised right now and you look at the photographers that are lined up you know at the baseline or the, the sideline whatever and you see them number one the first thing you're probably going to notice is the ginormous lens right so a lot of them have those big lenses that cost thousands of dollars and everything and so yeah they have that big big lens maybe on a monopod big camera there right the other thing that's probably hanging on their shoulder or mounted to them somewhere is another camera with a smaller lens, a smaller focal length, so they can get wide-angle shots 
and they have the big lens so they can get the tight stuff. So if they get close, they have a second camera. If they're far away, they have the long reach. So that's not even their backup. Those two, they're, they're, those aren't backups. They're using them simultaneously, right? And so um, that was one of the first things I noticed when I researched sports photography was um, that you probably are going to need two cameras and with multiple lenses. And so that's actually what I use. I use a, a two-camera set, and I have a wide angle. I have a telephoto. But I also have another camera. So, um, yes, it's costly and everything, but if you're serious about it and if you're looking at going into business for it, that sort of thing, well, then you've got some choices to make there, right? And so um, so having something just in case something happens, okay? If, uh, if the camera, just the memory card is whatever invalid or, or something like that, you get a, just a memory card that just goes bad on you. If you don't have another memory card, right, and someone hired you to come out and take pictures, um, that means you're not making that money, okay? So so having it back up and being able to, to just really account for small uh, possible, you know, hiccups in the, in the plan is not a bad thing, okay? So investing in backup stuff is, is a good thing. It may take some time to get there, okay, because like I said, it's costly. It, it I mean, this stuff isn't cheap, but... In the long run, if you're looking to do this uh, seriously, then, you know, that's a big, big thing you want to look at. Uh, and so some other things here are, are these are a little bit more uh, or less, I'd say, concrete as far as like camera equipment and that sort of thing. But just understanding sports photography in general. Uh, and so the market of sports photography is extremely competitive and fast moving. And so if you like being a fly on the wall and everything, but you don't like a lot of stuff going on around you, then sports photography is probably not for you, okay? And so, if, again, if you go back to watching a sport that's televised, a game that's televised, and you look at those guys, they are, uh, their head's on a swivel, they're looking every, they're tracking the, the ball, they're, they're watching everything, and then, oh, well, okay, the game's over, the team that won, there's a huddle, right? So they're, poof, they're off, taking off after the huddle. Okay, it's a football game and it's halftime. That means oh, they're switching, they're switching directions. The teams are going to switch, right? So that they pack up their stuff, boom, go into the other side of the field. If they're only focusing on a certain team, right? And so there's so much, so much that's kind of going on, and it's fast moving. Not only is it fast moving during the game, uh, but when the game's over, I mean, they're looking to have these images like the day of, right? So. Uh, you know, something, something to show for that game. Um, and so it's very, very fast paced, uh, very competitive. Uh, people usually don't like to give up their spots or anything like that. Um, and, and so it's really, really interesting. Um, but you know, if you're trying to make a living off of it, you know, then, then it's something different, but if you can sit back and watch it and just kind of observe, um, I, I just think it's very interesting. Um, and so the other concept is, well, you know, if you can't get the photos turned around very quickly and it's going to take you, you know, three, four, five days a week, whatever, to really sort through those hundreds of photos you might have taken, right, to, to really get it down to, to editing and all that sort of thing. Well, there's probably another game already going on, you know, so so for them, the reason why they're really looking for stuff so quickly is because the season, the way that it's structured is they move on to another game like they just like. If they win or lose, right, they celebrate or they're, they're down or whatever for a little bit. And then, boom, I got to focus on the next thing, the thing coming up, right? So, so if you can't really stay with uh, getting that stuff turned around quickly, those images turned around quickly, then 
they're like, oh, well, this is from two weeks ago, right? And if it's parents, yeah, they'll, they'll still appreciate it. But if you're talking about more of those that are, you know, managing the social media for a team and, you know, those sort of things, uh, they are looking for things almost immediately, you know? And so um, I'm not a fan of, of really that, that sort of turnaround because that requires a lot of effort. Um, and um, I'm not saying that I don't like it because it's, it caught as, you know, because you have to work at it because, you know, you have to work and, and work your craft and get to know it. Uh, but it's just a little too, too fast paced for me, a little too anxiety inducing uh, sometimes. And so, so I like sports, uh, but I usually don't try to do too much to where it's like involved with the organization hosting it and they're going to want stuff like immediately. Um, so there you go. Um, now my last one here uh, is, is another that's again, not about the equipment, but it's kind of a little bit of a detour. It's looking more at what you're doing afterwards. And so I kind of talked about how fast paced things are and all that, but um, one thing that can help you if you're going to be in sports and do sports photography is developing a good workflow so you, you don't drown in the photos. I mentioned, hey, you may have taken a couple hundred, you know, hundreds of po- photos right there at a game. And I know for sure I just went to a middle school volleyball game uh, yesterday, actually, and I'm looking at seven to eight hundred photos, you know, from from that. There were two A3 games. And uh, and so you have to develop a good workflow so that you can actually get in, you can sort your stuff, you can edit, you can export them, get them together, and boom, and you have your photos you're keeping, right? And so just kind of working through how you approach each uh, each game, uh, because there's so many games, and if you get uh, into doing a bunch of games, then you've got to have something to, to stay structured so that you don't drown and get behind, and then they're like, oh, well, that guy's good, but man, he takes forever to get you photos, right? That's, that's not what you want people saying about you. So um, now for this workflow, there's something specific I'm going to recommend and, and it's some software. And the type of software that you want is something that will allow you to do both your sorting uh, through the photos, the filtering and the editing. And so there are a few of them. There's Adobe Lightroom, there's Capture One Pro. Um, I specifically use Adobe Lightroom. Um, the Adobe products I think are really uh, really good, but I'm not saying that they're better than everything else. Cause first of all, I haven't used everything else. I started off with Adobe stuff because of, uh, teaching, uh, photography. And that was actually part of the thing was teaching what the industry is using. And a lot of the industry uses Adobe products. So, uh, Adobe Lightroom is kind of the, um, it's, it's kind of a light editor. Uh, so it, you have a lot of Photoshop esque things there but it's made to streamline things so you can do it to a batch of photos. If you're not familiar with Photoshop, uh, which you know a lot of people are, at least the name, uh, Photoshop is one of those editors that is just, you get one photo, open it, you edit, boom, okay? So open another one, edit that one, right? And so there, there's a window for each photo and you just kind of do a few of them at a time, maybe that kind of thing. Lightroom is a little bit different and this Capture One Pro works uh, similar as well. And you bring in a batch of photos. You can see the whole set, sort through them, you know, look through. Okay, well, I like this one, that one. That's mark the ones that you like. And then you can filter it. So, so you click a button and then, boom, you don't see all the other ones. The ones you don't need, those are gone. They're just kind of hidden, right? You can focus in on the ones you like, edit those. And then here's a key for this one. Both of these programs, they are non-destructive editors. And so I'm going really technical here, but uh, I want you to kind of understand what I'm saying here because a lot of times when you edit photos, 
and you hit save, then it overwrites that photo. And then you don't have your original anymore. Okay, and so that's called a destructive edit. Uh, so this way, what happens is specifically for Lightroom, I'll speak for this one because it's what I use. It has a catalog. It's kind of like it'll save the edits that you have and it's got the original photos. And so they're separate. And so you can have all your edits and you have your photos separate. And it's not going to actually mess up your photos just because you did the edit. You can export your edits and then you've got a new set of photos that have those merged, the originals, the edits, and then boom, you've got your new set. The originals haven't been touched and the edits are kind of sitting in a catalog and then you have your exports. And so it's something really, I think a video would, would help uh, help ex to explain better. So that's gonna be on the way soon. Uh, but man, something like that will allow you to get into one program and then you can sort, you can edit, and then boom, you've got your, your end game. Okay, so like your end product. And uh, so that would help with your workflow as opposed to looking through it on, you know, just the, the Windows, whatever photo manager type of thing, you gotta flip through and I don't know, record the, the image numbers or something that you like, and, and then you pull those into Photoshop or a single editor, you know, that kind of thing, one at a time. Uh, and so uh, the other thing I forgot to mention actually with this, these type of softwares is you can edit one thing and then you can actually synchronize or send those same edits to other photos. So if you have similar stuff, it's gonna be able to batch that stuff together and speed up your process immensely. So uh, very, 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 very useful. Um, and that's for not just sports, that's actually for portraits and, and all sorts of you know photography, really that's, uh, that's gonna help with the workflow. So the bottom line basically for me is to be an effective sports photographer, um, you know, it requires the mastery of technical skills. You, you got to have some personal skills as well because you have to interact with the coaches and the people that are kind of giving you that access to uh, to the sporting event. And then a lot of commitment to your craft, right? So um, I, I say all those things, but, you know, if you don't enjoy sports, <laughs> you, uh, maybe you should try something else as well. So, you know, to be effective in that, there are a lot of things, a lot of pieces to that puzzle. And, um, and you know, if you're interested, well, then hopefully this has helped you to kind of maybe mark one thing, right, that you want to explore more, dive deeper in, get better at. And, uh, and so I, I listed six, right? So you've got a, a lot of things there. Know your equipment, um, know the sport, be able to adjust on the fly, invest in having backup equipment, um, understand the market. So you, you're not surprised when people are asking the next day if you have had the photos, you know, or be able to tell them up front, hey, it takes me three days to process or something like that, right? And then having a good workflow so that way that you can turn around the photos quickly. Um, those things will really, really help. And so um, if it's not really for you, if sports, sports photography is not really for you, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's so many different fields of photography that you can, you can kind of pick and choose, right? And so that's the beauty of art forms is you can really, really kind of dig into the parts that, that connect with you and, um, and enjoy those, right? And you don't have to do everything. So... Uh, so yeah, so there you go. That's kind of a piece of my mind there when it comes to just the fields of photography and, and looking at a specific area like sports photography. So if, um, if that helped, I, I hoped it, I hope it did, uh, then, you know, shoot us a message, you know, on social media or something like that, or, or you can text us as well. So uh, that information is coming here. So since I'm going to wrap up, I'll go ahead and put out the, the phone number. Uh, if you want to text um, and you have ideas about uh, a podcast or questions that you would like answered, um, you can always uh, send a message to area code 254-307-7469.
Okay, and so that's for those, my non-social media people, if you want to kind of send us a message that way. Uh, you can call. It's going to go to uh, kind of, it's a Google number, so it's basically going to tell you like, hey, hold on, right? It'll probably go straight to voicemail, but I do check them and, and I do respond. So uh, definitely uh, you can contact us that way. You can also find uh, the social media um, platforms of Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on those. So f- uh, Full Frame Podcast all together, obviously, is is uh, what you would search for for both Facebook and Instagram. All right, so uh, supporting us, uh, following us, all those things, those those are free, right? So if you uh, if you like any of the content we're putting out, that sort of thing, please, please, please uh, definitely support that way. Um, you can also support Camera Coach as well, and that is uh, Facebook. It is Photo Camera Coach, and uh, Instagram is just camera.coach, okay? Uh, so those are ways to just support on social media. Uh, you can text the number as well. Another way to support, uh, if you really would like to get behind uh, this and help help just kind of broaden the reach, um, we are looking for supporters to help us to get to uh, raising about $200 a month uh, to help provide um, archive videos without ads um, and other services to students as well. Uh, so a lot of those type of things, those aren't going to be paid things that we're, we're seeking uh, from the students, from the kids, uh, or from the schools. Um, although some services might, but just kind of getting out there and meeting students and talking to them about photography, um, that's just something that we're just going to do. So one way is through Patreon, which is a platform where you can just do a small subscription, $5, $10, $20, something like that a month. And and so through that, you become a supporter. Uh, We mention you by name uh, on our podcast, uh, any live live streams that we do as well. Um, And so you could also, uh, on top of that, you could sponsor an episode of the podcast. And uh, so that's, there's more information about that. If you want to reach out to us, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. Um, and another way you can support us is uh, some of the equipment, some of the software that we use where you're normally affiliates for some of those. And so if you are interested in those specific programs or the equipment that we, we uh, mentioned, then you can go to uh, the website, photocameracoach.com, and go to the gear guide. Uh, which is basically links to a lot of equipment that we've used um, personally and had, you know, had our hands on and, uh, and recommend it. And so uh, those links are, are usually through our affiliate programs, right? And so again, you can visit our website, photocameracoach.com just to really uh, take a look at other, other things, workshops and the gear guide and the, um, the blog, all those things. Okay. Uh, That about wraps everything up here. So Uh, If you guys would, just um, contact us if you need to, and I hope you have an amazing day. This is Corey signing off. You will be able to find me at photocameracoach.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find me at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.